Welcome back to the Anti-Diet Club podcast. Tamsin and I are here this week with another fantastic guest. Guest? Guest? Another fantastic guest. We had the sheer delight of speaking to Daisy Gillespie, and we've never covered an episode to date around fashion and style, but yet it's a topic that comes up a lot for us in our personal lives, but also our clients. And we know that you listeners, this is a um, kind of sought after topic as well. So um, we were really, really happy that um, Daisy uh, agreed to come on the podcast and chat to us. Yeah, she goes by the name of the Mindful Closet, which I love because it Mm. sounds so like we're really thinking about what we're wearing and thinking about our bodies. But she's so um, in tune with her clients. And, you know, she's a personal stylist who aims to really like work with her clients on an intuitive level. So she's trying to discover what they feel best in rather than just following the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, She's really focused on helping them let go of external messages they've been given about what they should wear and really think about what's making them feel comfortable on a day-to-day basis and she's shifting that thinking from you know what looks flattering and what all these like kind of things that we've grown up with what we should look at like as women and really kind of doing something different in that space and that's why we really wanted her to come on and chat with us about how she approaches that and also her thoughts around that and what her experience is around that and we covered like so much we could I think we could have covered a lot more but obviously uh, yeah our... I could have spoken to her all day yeah. because I'm interested in you know shifting away from what feels flattering to what genuinely feels good in our bodies we talked about um how we how we clear out our wardrobes um when you know all of us have got stuff in our wardrobes that are uh, too small or maybe too big or just something that doesn't feel like us anymore it was at a different phase of our life but getting rid of stuff is so hard right mm. um we talked about um aging and how that comes into the process as well and um yeah it was really really rich this conversation yeah, it in was yeah body diversity and access clothing uh, you know uh, access to clothing it's just it was a really good exactly what i wanted it to be that's the reason we wanted her on right we covered Mm -hmm. everything that we really aimed for which was really really nice it was just such a nice relaxed conversation um so yeah i think let's go to the show and not keep people waiting All right, here we are back um, today in front of our mic speaking to a really fantastic guest who I'm delighted has joined us today, Daisy Gillespie, um, who I only at this point know from Instagram. Um, And I was thinking earlier today how I came across your account. And I think you're definitely um, a a sort of established name now in the anti-diet community around um, fashion and style. But I think I came across you through Rachel Cole's account I think Mm. she seems to be a a big fan of yours and shares your material quite a lot so I'm sure that's how I came across you Um, but if you wouldn't mind telling everyone who you are and um, what it is that you do within this space absolutely well thank you both for so much for having me and and i love that you found me through rachel she's a a really good friend we became good friends through instagram so um that's that's really fun um so i'm daisy i am an anti-diet and weight inclusive personal stylist and so what that means is essentially you know as 
all of us who are along this journey, this intuitive eating or health at every size journey, um, there's a lot to work on in the process. And there are some like really practical logistical things that come up that can be very hard to deal with. And one of those, of course, is clothes if your body is changing. Um, and so although my business didn't start out this way, and we can we can talk about that, but I have come to this place in my business where I really specialize in helping people who are at that point on their journey um, understand and give themselves permission to have clothes that fit and to have clothes that they love at any size, at any shape um, that they're in. So it's it's really it's my like privilege to be able to kind of guide people to a place where they feel good in their clothes. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. And that's I think that's how I came across you, because I think I was looking for weight neutral kind of aligned stylist and I really struggled when I was trying to find people to recommend to my clients or anyone for myself there's not that many out there there's a lot of stylists talking about how to make things look slimmer and all that kind of stuff so you kind of alluded to that maybe there was a different starting point for yourself is that Mm. something like you want to talk about can you tell us more about that yeah for sure so I mean uh I would say luckily I don't think I I don't have any history of of being very concerned with uh, making women look slimmer or anything like that. Like, luckily, that was never my intention in going into styling. But I really had a focus on minimalism when I first started. So I really um, had found minimalism to be very beneficial to my life. Um, And I thought that a lot of the problems with women that women were having with their closets and with their clothes was because they were kind of overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of stuff that they had. Um, and so that was kind of my approach initially. And, and as I worked with women, you know, over the years, um, it became very clear to me that you couldn't even conceive of the idea of minimalism if you weren't on the path to accepting your body. Um, Mm -hmm. because, and again, I say on the path because, you know, probably (laughs) will ever reach that, that end goal, but, but if you're not at least on that path, there's no way to really let go of clothes if you haven't kind of accepted where you are. Um, And so this kind of like idealist idea of being minimalist um, was really uh, kind of something that had to come after some, some, you know, body acceptance and some body grief and some, you know, real work through body image. Wow. I had no idea that was your entrance into this work. And it really, really intrigues me um, that what you're saying, and 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 I forgive me because I um, I actually thought I should wear something other than my black sweatshirt when I came onto this <laughs> podcast today because I was like, really, Jillian, you could maybe stuff it up today, but here we are because this is what I this is what I wear, and um, I'm not massively in tune with terminology and the concepts in fashion and styling, but I hear this. Um, idea of a capsule wardrobe and I'm really intrigued by it and it sounds like you know I kind of know what my style is so I just if I have few choices then surely it's going to make the process easier but what I see with clients is um as you say, they have an overwhelming amount because they have um, clothing that they have never fit into, that maybe the labels have never come off and they've been bought as perhaps motivation. I see a lot. 
clothing that have maybe fitted them last season and therefore it's kind of like ah, it's quite close they might fit into me next year so they're kept hold of so when they actually open their wardrobe they have such a tiny fraction of not just clothes that fit but clothes that they fit that they like that they feel um expresses who they are and their personality um what I see a lot with my clients is when their body starts to change um, and they might be their shape might change or they might um, put on weight is that they suddenly move away from anything that feels sort of joyous or um, fitting or um, anything that draws attention to them, I suppose, and end up in quite sort of dark uh, words that my clients use is kind of like depressing sort of clothes that feel a bit swampy just to cover up and then as time goes on that just sort of becomes the the norm and trying to move away from that is really really hard because in the process their body might have kept changing they've obviously aged and they've maybe transitioned from one sort of part of their life into another they've maybe changed jobs or professions or in and out of a, a job um, and then suddenly they don't know like who they are because they've been waiting on this opportunity for their body to be different. You know, I don't deserve to buy any new clothes until I'm this size or I can't conceive of being stylish or beautiful or comfortable until I'm I'm smaller. Um, and then, so it's this kind of cycle. And I'm I would love to hear from you how you think looking at I guess what what you do in terms of understanding who you are what your style is what you like what's comfortable what expresses you um how is that an important piece of accepting your body yeah 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 lots and lots of thoughts coming up for me too as you're speaking I mean I think the very first thing to say well but even before that um Jillian is I want to say you get to show up here however you want, right? And if you are wearing a black sweatshirt today and that's what you feel good in, I, I know you know from seeing my stuff online that that's, that is everyone's right and that there's no uh, standard that you have to achieve in terms of Thank you. showing up a certain way. Um, but back <laughs> so to the validated. question. validated. Yeah. <laughs> but, but back to the question, I mean, I think uh, what is so hard is that, um, at, at the very bottom line, my belief is that everyone deserves to have clothes that fit today. And I don't think, I think all of us can viscerally feel that feeling. Like if you just imagine right now, to be quite honest, the shorts that I'm wearing right now are a little tight. I hadn't worn them in a while and I put them on today and I'm sitting here in my chair and they don't feel great. And I probably will take those off after we're done and, and not wear them again. Um, but I think we can all kind of feel that feeling of your clothes being too tight, right? And just really cutting into your body and how that brings you so into body checking and body thinking and thinking and feeling your body so um, just so viscerally and how, you know, part of, at least for me, part of the goal is to move away from thinking about my body so much and to just go about my life without it being a constant source of uh, just top of mind. Um, and so when we deny ourselves clothes that fit, we are, you know, it really feels like punishment to me. It feels like mm -hmm. we're really punishing ourselves, um, even though we may be moving in the right direction if we haven't taken that step 
you know, to even temporarily get a few things that fit, we're still really pulling ourselves back in a way. Um, and and as, as I said, just really, you know, making ourselves feel so viscerally the fact that our body isn't fitting into our clothes and we can't help but feel wrong about that. And the really incredible thing, the thing that's that's a miracle about that is you could be in the exact same body and go buy something a size larger or two sizes larger and put those clothes on and not feel your body and feel fine in your body. Mm-hmm. Truly the same body, but without something restraining it can feel better. Um, so that's one of the things I think is just really amazing about, about clothes. It's something, um, it's something tangible. It's something real and like in the moment that you can do, because so much of what we're doing is all, is mental and kind of somatic and and things that are very hard to to really get in touch with but i you know i often say that buying yourself clothes that buying yourself clothes that fit now is is like a form of self-care mm-hmm. um, and i do think that it conveys a message to our bodies through this process that i'm going to take care of you you know i'm going yeah. to keep you safe i'm going to i'm not going to force you into something that doesn't feel good mm-hmm. um and, and I think, you know, there's very few things in this process that can be so concretely achieved as, as that. Mm. I think that's so interesting as well, because when we were, you know, when we talk about this with clients, it quite often comes up that, you know, you're asking them the question, like, how much of your wardrobe can you actually wear today? And it, you know, it's quite astounding, like how much people are holding on to and not wanting to go and buy um, clothes that fit their larger body um meet themselves where they are now i love how you put it as self-care because i think that's so important um and i always say to clients like if you think about how when if you woke up tomorrow and your body was like two sizes smaller you'd probably run out and do a shopping spree however when you wake up and you feel like a size bigger or or two you 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 don't it's like a different Mm -hmm. but actually what's happened is your body has just changed in a size Mm-hmm. But we don't treat it the same way because one is seen as failing and one is seen as succeeding without question. And yeah, that's absolutely. sometimes that driver, isn't it, for um, mm. people having think they and I think there's that deserving factor. Going back to what Gillian was saying, is that that deserving of having a, clo- a wardrobe full of clothes that fit, fits a body that you didn't plan for, mm-hmm. that you weren't yeah. aiming for. Is yeah, that yeah. do you find that that comes up with conversation with the clients you work with? Is is that is that part of the like process that you go through with them in terms of like helping them through these body image struggles as they come up i'm guessing yeah i mean quite a bit i mean i'm certainly no expert although i have um done much much research and and been through my own experience and i've actually just taken the body uh trust provider training um so i'm kind of in the middle of getting that certification but yeah i mean these these things come up throughout for sure and yeah and thanks for asking that question that's such a a good point because i consider it so integral to the whole process that i hadn't really thought that like maybe it wasn't clear that it is part of the process but so thank you for asking that yeah for sure i mean before we even meet you know we have i have quite a long intake questionnaire which i'm sure is quite similar to some of the stuff that that you all would do um and certainly that many intuitive eating coaches and nutritionists and therapists that i know you know have similar kind of processes and then the first session uh when we first meet is really a, a session about getting a concept of their ideal style, but it is all absolutely intertwined with their body story. And so that first session is really about getting that history over time of what your relationship has been 
both with your body and with your clothes um, since you were a child, you know, in adolescence, in young adulthood, and, and to now. Um, and you kind of asked something interesting um, in, the, in the question before, Tamsin, when you said, you know, is this something that people are, they have to kind of get used to a body they hadn't expected to have. Um, and I think that is just a really interesting way of, of thinking about it. And it, of course, I think that's why a lot of us struggle so much, right, is we just think that that is not, you know, I somehow will avoid, I will somehow have the discipline, I will somehow not, quote, let myself go. Um, and then life happens and, and biology happens, perhaps children happen, perhaps menopause happens, and our bodies are designed to change although we haven't been, you know, kind of taught that. Um, and so that idea that we might have had in our head of like, well, I had an ideal body at age 20 or age 25. We're never kind of prepped for this idea that my body will be different when I'm 40 or 45 or 50. Um, and I do think kind of getting to that place of acceptance of that body is a really important part of the process. Yeah, because we always feel like we're going back there. Don't, that people, right. like, That's so the goal is like, to go back. Yeah you know, myself included until obviously like, I'm, you know, went through my own journey, but uh, I, I just lived here. Anything from here down was work in progress. You know, it was going back somewhere. It was being changed. It was being fixed. Mm -hmm. It was being sorted out. I was going to get my shit together. I was going to, you know, I was going to figure it out somehow this year, this week, this month, mm. this whatever. And it was never, it never occurred to me that it was, a, you know, how, like you say, like getting to the point where you're not thinking about your body either way. It's like, you know, we talk about this all the time, like rather than getting to a place where you really love what you see, it's really just not really thinking about it all that much, you know, and mm -hmm. it not being your every thought about mm -hmm. the size of any part of your body or the shape or anything else and just kind of thinking mm -hmm. about other things. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. You know. yeah, I was thinking about when you were talking, um, Daisy, about smaller clothes being a punishment to your body and I do really think it it to me looks like violence when you take your clothes off and your body is mm -hmm. so marked mm -hmm. by clothes I mean even if I wear a bra that fits that still happens but <laughs> yeah. but you know I, I do idea. often I do often look at my body when I take my clothes off and think oh poor body you know like mm -hmm. this is what, what have I been doing to you all day? If only I could walk through the world without wearing anything that's almost touched my body, that would be um, fantastic. But that idea of, of punishment and violence, some people, um, when they're quite early on in this path, feels that that's really justified, mm -hmm. that that's kind of an important piece because the idea of moving up a size or the idea of throwing away good clothes people spend money on, um, that that are smaller. That's such an act of um, admission, mm -hmm, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That things have changed. It's like putting down that fantasy is such a big step. And and I, and I don't know how your process works, but often when I'm working with clients, we'll talk about even just take first step, even just taking them out the wardrobe and putting them in a box or in a different room going from taking them out the closet to like immediately um to a charity shop or selling them on a, online or throwing them out is too big a step it's 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 an emotion it's a practical step but it's such a big emotional step because what you're saying is that's it 
I'm never going to be that again. And there's so much, you mentioned the word earlier, there's so much grief in that. And and I'm wondering if that's a sort of um, process that you go through with clients, not just about what comes next in terms of what their new new purchases or style might be, but how do they work with what they've got and and moving on from that shedding Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. process? Yeah, it's a really good point. And and I think this is, you know, where it's important to say that each person requires such a different approach, you know, like the approach can be so different with each person. And I, that's why I really, um, really rebel against any sort of like fashion rules or trends or anything like that, because um, what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for another. And one person's fashion staple is someone else's like, I would never wear that. Um, and so, yes, I will say that often, um, I mean, I think it's something that's really important to acknowledge, you know, kind of throughout this conversation, it's come up in my mind and, and I haven't had a chance to say, but it is really important to remember, and especially for me as a straight size person, that there is a scarcity around clothing uh, in certain sizes. Um, and so, you know, as much as we want to say, like, ideally, we should all have clothes that fit and and clothes that we love, you know, the options um, in certain size ranges are just very small. And that's not always possible, which um, is the most sad thing in the world to me. I mean, I just think that's awful. That's my, you know, hope is that everyone has that. Um, but especially in terms of this idea of letting go of clothes, if you have always struggled to find anything that fits, it's going to be very hard to let go of some, of clothes that fit, even if you don't like them, or even if they're slightly too small, but you don't know if you can find something that you will like. And so often um, what we'll do is we will, you know, kind of evaluate the wardrobe and kind of say like, okay, this is what we have for now. Um, we are going to acknowledge what it is and we're going to get by with it while we look for new things. But we are not going to get rid of any of it until you bring in a replacement Mm -hmm. because otherwise you know people often feel like they really have nothing to wear but like it can really get to a point where you really have nothing to wear and so for me a lot of times it's important to have people go through the process of buying clothes and knowing that they're out there and putting them on and trying them on and only at that point do they feel safe enough to let go of some of the older ones Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm thinking about two things. I'm thinking about financial access, I suppose. Um, and I'm also thinking about how how scarce clothing can become at the upper um, sort of sizing, um, at the, the upper end of the spectrum when it comes to sizing. But layer onto that also ethical, sustainable fashion. So people who are maybe ethically and morally not wanting to um buy into fast fashion but because of maybe financial barriers and because of sizing barriers then fast fashion might actually be the only option that that is available so it it becomes really complicated doesn't it Mm -hmm. yeah it really does and my um in order to try and cut through the complication and just have some kind of like baseline rules for me the most important priority is always um, myself, the client, whoever it is, that body um, feeling safe and having clothes that fit. And so for me, that's the first priority because when you feel uncomfortable in your clothes, when you feel not at ease in your body, 
you can't go out into the world and do the good things in the world that you want to do. You know, you can't be environmentally conscious if you're constantly thinking about your body. So again, for me, the baseline is really having clothes that fit so that you feel that you can stop thinking about it for a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yes, often fast fashion is the only option. And in that case, it's absolutely fine. I mean, really, we you know, I often say like, this is, that is a systemic problem. That is not an individual problem. Mm. It is not on the individual to solve that entire, uh, huge dumpster fire of an industry. Um, and especially when you need, you literally need to cover your body. Yeah, it's one yeah. of our human needs. Um, that's, you've got to do it the way that you can. I think that's so interesting because I, you see it all the time, don't you? People talking about like, we shouldn't be buying this, we shouldn't be buying that. But it actually, like you say, that's not an individual person's problem. I mean, yes, there are issues when you see people doing like lots of hauls and all the kind of yes. stuff that they do, but we're talking about, you know, people who may not have the choice and being able to access that. And that's so lovely, able to give them that kind of, you know, peace and almost almost permission that maybe sometimes we can't give to ourselves to maybe hear it from somebody else that actually you know there's something bigger going on here in terms of fast fashion and having available fashion for a diverse range of bodies and Mm -hmm. on that point is it getting any better do you see you know from what you're discovering with different brands and everything else do you see that it's improving are we getting anywhere with availability with sizing or Yes, yes. I mean, definitely, you know, I think 10 or 15 years ago, um, until now, there's been a huge, a huge shift, and there's a huge change. And I will say definitely up to, you know, uh, what the the generally considered plus size range. Now there are many more options than there used to be. When you start getting into extended plus, that's when we still have some accessibility issues and fewer options. Um, but certainly, um, there are many more options than than people have had in the past. Um, and it's not to say that there's going to be something uh, perfect for everyone. Um, but but in terms of a comparison, for sure, there's been mm. there's been improvement. There's a lot a long ways to go, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. I I want to ask um, a question from. Uh, as I I, as I do when I have guests on, I always come with a personal question, something that I want to know for myself. Um, <laughs> but I know that this is a question also that um, my clients and no other people, um, I'm sure, will be interested in the answer. Something I've kind of thrown around in my brain for quite a while now is this idea of how do I lean into clothing that I feel is um, maybe fun or really um, joyful to wear or or really um, expresses who I am, but it's not flattering. Mm-hmm. It's not quote unquote flattering. And this is really the concept I wanted to, to speak to you about because we talk about wearing clothes that we feel good in. And what I I've experienced personally, and I know my clients do, that historically, what we feel good in is what makes us look thinnest, right? Mm. Mm. So, so, so yes, it's, it's, it it is about um, when something's pinching or riding up and we're kind of always just pulling and and sort of um, fidgeting with our clothing, that's, that sort of physically doesn't make us feel good. But this idea that we can look at a piece of clothing on a model on a website or even on our friend and be like that looks amazing on you 
But then we try it on and it maybe doesn't hide our stomach in the way that we would hope or it accentuates a curve or a this or a that. How do we kind of um, move past or or see differently? And as I'm, as I'm speaking here, I'm thinking probably what's helped me, I'm answering this question for myself here, what's maybe helped me is thinking, what are my values? Are my values about um, wearing the clothes that I that I truly want to wear for me because they're they're fun or they're 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 um, you know just whatever I, I like them, um, or is my value dressing to appear a certain way? And I think what's maybe helped with that not and it's hard to separate these things out because I've been on this path for probably about eight years now, but also I think. I've grown older over that time as well. And now that I'm into my mid 40s, I don't really care so much about um, looking attractive necessarily um, to other people or to present as the thinnest version of myself. But um, yeah, I'm wondering if you have clients that you work with who can't really see past something, they might love the style of something, but be like, oh God, but look at my belly or look at my butt or or something like that. Yes, absolutely. And you may have to prompt me to kind of remember some of this later, because I do want to kind of go back to something that you said and maybe push back against it a little bit, which is that you said, I think for many of us, when we felt the best in our clothes is when we looked the thinnest mm. to other people. And I, yeah, I wonder if that is true. Like if that's really when you felt the most yourself, like the most mm. you, or is it when you just felt like you looked best to others? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. really something to think about um, because for me, I know um, I feel best when I'm wearing something that just, I, you know, it's so hard to put into words, but just has some kind of vibe. Like there's some kind of vibe that I'm going for. And it gives that and I feel like kick ass and like cool and like I'm going to go out and I'm going to look like myself and no one else. Um, and, you know, I do have a lot of straight privilege, straight size privilege. And so maybe that means that that's been easier for me. And definitely I've had lots of clients who we just have to take baby steps, you know, because again, going back to the idea of self-care and safety, um, we can have kind of an ideal style in mind, but as I think one of you kind of referenced before, it's not as though we can just jump there, you know? And so sometimes we have to go little bits at a time and we have to get used to putting ourselves out there little bits at a time. Um, I mean, one thing that, that we always do is when we're trying on clothes, I always want my clients to, uh, you know, I have to like, I'm not physically in the room with them, but I have to like pry them away from the mirror and say, we're not going to look in the mirror first. Like we're going to put on the clothes. We're going to see how they feel on your body. And we're going to see if you like the fabric and if you think it, you know, looks cool, like in your mind um, before we look at how it looks to you in the mirror. Um, and I think kind of what you said, Jillian, about like aligning with our values. I think that is an important piece of this is can we start to shift our priorities um, and again, it's a gradual process, but can we start to shift our priorities more towards I, my goal with my clothing, you know, perhaps my top priority of my clothing is to express my personality and therefore, you know, appearing thinner to other people is going to be further down the list. 
and we can feel really good if we're kind of achieving the top priority that we've decided on. But what happens with most of us is, and just what we've, we've been indoctrinated to do is to prioritize looking as thin as possible without concern for how it makes us feel or how it physically feels on our body or whether it expresses our style. I mean, I've heard other stylists when they've been asked like, you know, well, what, you know, how do you find your style? I've heard other stylists say, well, it depends on the shape of your body. And to me, that Mm -hmm. makes absolutely no sense. The shape of your body is, is arbitrary. You don't get a choice in it for the most part, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's how you're born. It's how you come out. How, how, and why should that dictate the style of clothes that you put on your body? It just makes no sense to me. It's like saying, well, if you were born with a certain shape, then you've got to live in a certain style of house like you know like what yeah. what does that mean yeah. it means nothing yeah, to me. or you've got a, or you've got a, like a certain style of art like you're just predetermined for that like mm-hmm. it just makes no and sense also, so can i just say that the the categories of body shapes that they come there's not enough of them there's right not, yeah like, yeah i mean we're so look at those and go well i'm we're not all the same height for a start we can we can say that between jillian and i mm-hmm. um but like no just there's just mm-hmm. not there isn't just four shapes yeah it's like can i mix say. and match tops and bottoms and it's, yeah and I, yeah why are we yeah. always grouped i don't understand yeah. yeah can i ask since you have been on this path of body acceptance how has your style changed and mm. what's your values when it comes to how you clothe yourself mm. that's such a good question um Oh, I'm not usually asked about myself, um, my style <laughs> too much. Um, no, it's good. It's really making me think. I mean, I, I think I, I write a lot. I have a sub stack and I write on social media and, and talk about these things. But um, I certainly um, in the earlier part of my adulthood um, and adolescence on really, like many of us, was really focused on dressing for the male gaze. Um, so I truly not all the time. I mean, not, you know, in every occasion in my life, but very often I was trying to find the outfit that would make me look as hot as possible, you know, again, without concern really to how I felt or if it was something that I liked or that I felt physically comfortable. Um, And so it's been interesting for me as my body has changed and as I've aged, um, because that's not really a category that I am able to put myself in any, anymore. Um, and so it's been really interesting to kind of have that uh, choice taken away, I guess, in a weird way. I've never really, you know, kind of put it that way so much. But in a way, it's it's a positive thing because it's not something, yeah, it's not something that I really am as concerned with anymore. Um, But just to kind of answer the overall question, I mean, I just, luckily, I would say in the last 10 to 15 years, and I'm, I'm, I just turned 46. So in the last 10 to 15 years, I really did become much more concerned with expressing a certain style um, over, you know, shaping my body into a certain way with my clothing. Um, And that has uh, certainly continued. And, and I definitely, um, I definitely wear the poofy gathered waist pants that, that add to my mom pooch, you know, and I definitely love, as my husband says, like an oversized burlap sack. Um, those are, things I that remember, I, <laughs> I remember watching something you put on Instagram where you going on a date or was it an yeah. anniversary or something with your husband? And you kind of knew that that 
style of clothing wasn't really his favorite Mm -hmm. and I love that you came on to kind of say that for a start but also say kind of like well you know sometimes you'll take that into consideration right there Mm -hmm. might be a time when you're like we're on a special day it's important to you that you're kind of you know you're really you're really seeing each other in that moment and you Mm want to take his thoughts into consideration but for the most part you're not really dressing for anyone else other than yourself and I love that that um how you came at that yeah yeah so that's really I mean I'm lucky in that way and again I think having thin privilege has helped with that again because it's one thing when a thin person wears an oversized garment um, and then a person in a larger body might also wearing a similar thing be seen a different way and in a less positive light. So um, yeah, for me, I think um, it's it's been interesting. Um, I, I certainly have had to just over time get used to different sizes and shapes of my own body. I mean, and I think for me, it's really interesting because I'm, I'm watching it all, you know, from a, a bit of a detached place, you know, because I'm kind of like wanting to see how this plays out. Um, and there will be times when I feel very uncomfortable in my body, especially when I've it's recently changed. And then I may wear even more oversized things or or just play around less with my clothes. Um, but then I can see over time that I, I gradually just get used to it. You know, we all can mm-hmm. kind of acclimate, acclimate to things over time. Um, and then I will begin to feel more comfortable and more playful and, and experiment a little bit more in mm-hmm. that way. I think that's really interesting what you were saying there about, you know, dressing more for yourself and not for what you're, you know, you obviously know that your husband's uh, opinions on some of it and not dressing for that all the time. But it's so interesting because when we think about how we're taught to, um, you know, be in a relationship and keep our relationship, we as women are taught that, you know, we need to kind of uphold this certain standard of beauty and that all that under and that goes with dieting as well goes with diet culture Mm -hmm. hand in hand in that you know if we lose control if we don't uphold these like beauty standards and thinness or whatever we look like and you know trying to look young that we're going to lose our relationship that's the threat isn't it that we're gonna Mm -hmm. we're gonna you know not keep keep them yeah yeah Um, yeah and I I just want to say I'm completely not immune to that I mean I worry about that myself personally I mean my body is very different from when my husband and I first met we met I don't know 20 25 years ago I don't even you know know but um it it does worry me and I do think about it but at the same time um this is what's normal you know Mm -hmm. and he's changing his body is changing his you know other things about him his his appearance are changing and and we just have to be able to accept that in each other mm-hmm. um but it is it's it's hard to let go of for sure yeah yeah um time is marching on but one thing that we've we've kind of hit on that I just want to sort of name I suppose a bit more is um not only how do we adapt to a changing body, but how do we adapt to an aging body as well? And I think especially when women hit um, kind of perimenopause or menopause, maybe they're, um, they've had children, children might be growing up a bit and, and there might, let's say, even be more money to spend at a certain point on our clothing. And we feel a bit lost we we've kind of like well if I'm not if I'm not dressing to what Tamsin said to be kind of young and hot and appealing, 
then 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 how if I'm dressing like how you describe for yourself then that's you know a lot of people are like well well actually who am I particularly people who have devoted their lives to um changing themselves devoted their lives to shrinking and modifying and in pursuit of something different to who they actually are so maybe part of the hurdle of accepting who we are in our bodies is because actually we just don't know what that is Mm -hmm. um and it's a kind of getting to know yourself process over again and I'm curious as to the kind of age group of people that you work with and if that's a topic that comes up in your process yes yeah I mean A hundred percent that comes up. I mean, I will say I work with a pretty wide range of um, ages, um, but I definitely think especially there are certain times of our life when we kind of some of those times that you described when we maybe haven't had the time or resources or energy to think about what we want and what we need. We've been at some phases of our life really taking care of others. Um, And so coming out of that, it is really hard to know you know, I don't know. I haven't. And I I think the important other important thing to name here is that for all of our lives, as with food, um, as with exercise, with clothes, we've been told these are the rules. And Mm -hmm. here, I'm going to tell you what to wear. You don't get to Mm -hmm. choose or decide. Here's what's in. Here's what you should wear for your body type. And so it's very hard if I say to someone, we're going to throw all those rules out the window. Yeah, and we're going to wear a horizontal stripe. <laughs> right. And Whoa. Like, yeah. And what, what do you do with that? Where do you go? So I, I, but it, I also find that one of the most beautiful things about this process, and I'm sure you both experienced this with your work as well, is that it is so amazing to work with women when they are getting to know themselves, right? And mm-hmm. through that process, um, finding out things about themselves and what they like and what they need and what their desires are. To me, that is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think we still find it exciting for ourselves as well. We're constantly still learning things about ourselves as we age. We go through different phases in our life. And it is mm-hmm. it is really fascinating and exciting. It's it's mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, I agree with that. I am. Um... I feel sometimes a bit of a narcissist, given that how the more I discover about myself, the more exciting I find myself. Um, And I think that's so great to be this age and and still be sort of excited about what the potential is. Um, And yeah, I've... um, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you, Daisy. I'm I'm curious, um, a lot of our audience is in the states like north america and uh, canada and the states but i i think i heard you say that you work with folks on zoom right so do Mm -hmm. do you you work with people all over the world presumably all over the world yeah japan france australia yeah Mm -hmm. everywhere so yeah i really since the pandemic um it's been a an incredible silver lining for me to the pandemic was that i my work became almost fully remote. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has been such an incredible thing for me because I really now I'm working with the absolute best people for me to be working Mm -hmm. with, the people who really are in this place. They're ready to let go of some of those things. They're ready to start that acceptance. Um, And I'm not just working with perhaps people in my area who just Googled personal stylist. You know, I really am getting the people coming to me who um, are just ready to, to, just learn and explore and and those kind of things so it's it's been lovely so yes all over the place get in touch (laughs) yeah 
definitely i'm sure i'm sure our listeners will and it's um and and for them to follow you on social media because it's such a joy not only lear- for me learning and 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 sort of being let into your thinking and 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 process around this kind of stuff as somebody who is um in the anti-diet community and and really trying to um lean into that um message and movement but also somebody who isn't in their 20s as well and I feel like there's not really enough people and maybe I've never noticed that before because when I was young I was following people who was younger but now I'm in my mid-40s and and Tam's in her is in her 40s as well and it's hard to find people actually that is kind of um, I would say relatable at, at our age. So um, thanks for that. I really <laughs> hugely appreciate it. And I hope all our listeners um, go and give you a follow on Instagram. And is there anywhere else? Um, we'll put all your information in the show notes. But other than Instagram, I presume you have a website. Where else can folks find you? Yeah. Um, so my handle on social media is at Mindful Closet. My website is mindfulcloset.com. Um, and I've just recently started a Substack, which is daisygillespie.substack.com. Um, I'd love it if people join me over there. We talk about all of these things in much more depth. Yeah, you do. I, I'm on your Substack. You talk about um, these kind of things in yeah, a much, much uh, deeper way. And it's funny because all the kind of topics you talk about I'm all, I'm kind of like oh yeah I'm curious about that I've thought about that but I always always kind of think oh I thought it was just me you yeah. know and then when you come at it I'm like oh great it's a thing I want to hear oh, about good. this oh good yeah. oh I'm so Same. glad yeah yeah thank that. you so much Stacey it's been such a pleasure and yes. um yeah thanks for your time yeah it's been lovely talking to both of you thank you for having me 